Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the daily podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear page by page. This is page 770. Myself, except to point out that I was in the full flower of my youth, fit and healthy, and she was quite an attractive woman, though ten years my senior. Add to this the simple fact that I had gone from the loving arms of Felurian to the eager arms of Lozine, and from thence to a long, barren stretch of training with Tempe as we traveled to Heret. That meant for three span, I had been constantly exhausted, anxious, confused, and terrified by turns. Now, I was none of these things. Vashet was a good teacher and made sure I was well-rested and relaxed as possible. I was growing more confident in my abilities and more comfortable around her. Given all of this, it's no great surprise I had the reaction I did. At the time, however, I was startled and embarrassed as only a young man can be. I stepped away from Vashet, blushing and fumbling an apology. I tried to hide my obvious arousal, and in so doing, only drew more attention to it. Vashet looked down at what my hands were trying vainly to conceal. Well then, I suppose I will take that as a compliment, and not a curious new avenue of attack. If a person could die from shame, I would have. Would you like to take care of it yourself? Vashet asked easily. Or would you prefer a partner? I beg your pardon? I said stupidly. Come now, she gestured to my hands. Even if you could keep your mind away from that, it would doubtless throw your balance off. She gave a low, throaty chuckle. You'll need to tend to it before we continue your lessons. I can leave you to it, or we can find a soft spot and see who can pin the other best two of three. The casual tone of her voice convinced me I'd misunderstood her. Then she gave me a knowing smirk, and I realized I'd understood her perfectly well. Where I come from, a teacher and a student would never... I stumbled, trying to think of a polite way to defuse the situation. Vashet rolled her eyes at me, the exasperated expression looking odd on an 8M face. Do your teachers and students also never fight? Never talk? Never eat together? But this, I said, this. She sighed. Quoth, you need to remember, you come from a barbarous place. Much of what you grew up thinking is quite wrong-headed and foolish. None of it as much as the strange customs you barbarians have built around your sex play. Vashet, I said, I... That's the page. I'm Jeremy. I'm Jordana. And Quoth is a thirsty bitch. He's not, though. He's like, he's... <laughs> it's very funny, though. <laughs> it is funny. It is funny. There is no person, no teenager who grew up having Quoth's like, particular set of equipment who did not experience the mortification of an inconvenient erection at like the worst possible time. Yeah, so actually I have... <laughs> so this feels... I, maybe it's because like... I don't have brothers or like, I just don't ask my male friends about this, but like, does this really have, I don't think I've ever seen an accidental erection. Does that really, or, does it happen? Constantly, <laughs> is it real? constantly. When you're a teenager, it happens for no reason at all. You will just be like sitting in your math class, bored out of your mind and boom, you got a heart on for no reason, except that you're a hormonal teenager. And then the teacher will call on you to ask, answer a question. Is that why, is that why? Everyone was wearing baggy pants when I was a teenager. Were all the boys wearing baggy pants to hide that? I don't know if that's why, but it might be, you know, there's there are advantages, certainly. All right, good. I'm glad that, that we could have this discussion. You could save my curiosity. Because, <laughs> like, I read, the first time I read this, I was like, that's a bit much. That wouldn't just happen. But I guess it does. <laughs> when you're a teenager, you will get an inconvenient hard-on at any time for no reason at all. So you will absolutely get one if you are sparring with a sexy older woman and she's like 
kind of hot and you know you're getting intimate like and your bodies are close together like boom absolutely Vachette's way of looking at this is very mature in that you have to deal with that before you can continue your lesson but also the teacher student thing still is like a weird power dynamic in my brain and I think it is in quotes too right like like it's not that quote isn't porny here he is but he also as we do I think thinks that it would be inappropriate for him to do what Bashit is suggesting. I, I feel like the reason Quoth thinks it's inappropriate is not for the same reason I feel like it's inappropriate because... Okay, well, what reason do you think it's inappropriate for? I see I see him as, like, the, the power dynamic here would be that Bashit has more power. That would make Quoth the victim. And I, I don't think he sees himself as a victim in this situation. <laughs> he says explicitly... Where I come from, a teacher and a student would never do this. That's because there's a power dynamic, a power differential between teachers and students. Okay, so it is the same reason. I believe so, yes. Yeah, okay. Fine, reasonable. I don't think he would frame it as like, I would be a victim. Because I don't know if he thinks that that's true. I think that the Commonwealth and the university have the same understanding that relationships between teachers and students are inappropriate because one is in a position of power and authority and admiration over the other. If, if this really happens in real life, if like, what would you do if you got an erection in math class? Like you got to still do math class. You don't get to deal with it. Like, what do you do? You sit there and hope it goes away. Oh, and does that work? Sometimes. What happens if it doesn't work? Do you just like walk around with one? Then you hope that it goes away before class ends. Okay. That seems very stressful. You think really hard about things that aren't sexy. Well, like, yeah, but like, does it impede your ability to do math? No. Well, then why? Wait, so then this wouldn't actually, would it throw his balance off? Is it enough to Uh, throw his balance off? That is a joke. Oh. She is joking. Oh, so it doesn't actually impede him at all. She just, th- oh, see, I thought Vachette was being very mature, being like, oh, like, this thing will impede you, therefore we have to deal with it, but it won't actually impede him. It will impede him because he'll be distracted by it. Oh. It'll impede him because, yes. like, okay, reasonable. when your dick is, like, bumping into stuff and rubbing up against stuff, it's it's not going to make the erection go away. Right, because the thing they're doing is not math, it's fighting. That's right. right. Okay, reasonable, reasonable, I suppose, in that case. You would have to deal with She's it. She's not being literal that it will throw his balance off or that it's a, a curious new avenue of attack. I don't know anything about fighting or dick balance, so. <laughs> I mean, let me put it this way. Close dick would have to be truly remarkable to throw his balance off in a fight. Yeah, okay, good. That's, uh, I'm, I'm learning so much today. <laughs> but I think that you're right that she is handling this in a really mature way. You got a heart on. It's no big deal. It happens all the time. So you should take care of it. Or we could take care of it. Yeah. Teamwork, I suppose. That's right. <laughs> I think this sequence is just, is designed. We've been kind of dancing around this idea a bit. And Quoth and Vashet have talked about it a bit that like the Adam attitude toward sex and towards men and women is very different. And I think this is where, like, they've been talking about it, but I think this scene is designed to illustrate, no, it's really different. It's really, really different. And here's how it's different. Yes. We would be remiss if we did not point out that this is the absolute fantasy of many a teenage boy. I don't want to assume that's why it's in here, but... Also, if you think about what the target audience of this book probably is, it's probably like older teens, right? 
And I do like I hate to say it, but I'm pretty sure the audience is not necessarily women. Yeah, yeah, I think just the audience for fantasy books in general, especially in 2012, was generally thought to be like men in their like 20s and 30s. Yeah, it's uh, what is it? It's fan service. Well, which I like, I like fan service, and I think it's a good thing. But I'm just saying this is a little bit fan service. Well, but I here's the thing: in a worse book, this would just be shameless, like cheesecake TNA giving the kids what they want. It has it has both jobs. It does both things. It is both useful and important to the storyline and us understanding this this community and how they function. But it's also fan service. <laughs> it's both. It can be both. Yeah, that's I guess that's not quite how I would put it because I think that when people attack this book for being like a sexist power fantasy, this could certainly be a sequence that they point to. Yeah, except for that the power is not close in this case. Right, but that's not the power fantasy. The power fantasy is not that you have power over the woman. The power fantasy is that a hot older woman who has power over you still wants to f*** you. Oh, it's the other way around. Oh, okay. I assumed that a power fantasy would be like the person who is the, the main character would have to have the power. In this case, he has the power of being irresistible to women. <laughs> and what a power it is. That's a different kind of power fantasy. But I want to stress that I think that this book is, as you point out, this sequence is doing a lot more than just being a gratuitous sex scene for Quoth to have. It is telling us about it is a moment of character growth for their relationship. It is a moment of characterization for both Quoth and Bashet. And it is telling us something interesting about this foreign culture that makes it feel foreign. Mm -hmm. On the Quoth is irresistible to women front, I don't see Vashet as being any more interested in Quoth than she would be with like kind of any of her other students. Like, like I don't think she's enamored by him. Like, I think she's just like, yeah, this will be fun. Yeah, like, maybe we're going to be saying the same thing here. Because, like, I do think she's attracted. I think if she didn't find him attractive, she would not unattracted to him. It's just he's not, like, super special, amazing guy. He's just a dude who happens to be attractive. Yeah, she would do this with any student she was attracted to. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, Quoth is not a special boy. <laughs> yeah, she's not, like, particularly attracted to Quoth. She doesn't have a romantic feeling for Quoth. But I think that the evidence of previous scenes suggests that she does find him attractive and that there are other students that she wouldn't find attractive and would not make this offer to. Yes, reasonable. Yes, I think we agree. Since we agree, should we read a letter? Yes, let's do it. Mailbag. Okay. This letter is from Olaf. Olaf writes, greetings pagers, how do you follow the moon? First off, welcome back, I hope your break was relaxing and that you feel rejuvenated. Today, I write regarding Foth's hearing with Shaheen shortly after his arrival in Heret. The last question about the Lathani is, how do you follow the Lathani? On which Foth, in his state of spinning leaf, answers, how do you follow the moon? This causes a pause in the conversation. Quoth has obviously said something remarkable. What makes me react, however, is the fact that we, not too long ago, heard a story about a sad and lonely boy who followed the moon. I think we can all agree that Jack stealing the moon isn't of the Lathani. Or is it? I honestly don't have a theory about the meaning of this choice of word yet, but I do believe that Roth has used this allegory on purpose. Would love to hear your ideas or and insights in this matter. Thanks, as always, for a wonderful podcast. Olaf. I, I, I don't know. 
I haven't thought about this. <laughs> I, I, I am head empty, no thoughts. <laughs> Fired for being head empty, no thoughts on your own podcast. I mean, here's the thing, Olaf. I think that I completely agree with you that Kvothe doesn't use that phrasing by accident. And I think we are meant not only to think about Jack's following the moon, the way it's presented on the page, there's significant pause we're not totally clear what the emotional valence of that is. And Kvothe, I think, tells the, it to us in such a way that we're meant to think, ah, this is when I said something clever and insightful without realizing it. But it could be them all going, follow the moon. That's what Jax did. That's not great. Why did he say that? That's kind of screwed up. We're also meant to connect this idea to Denna, who is connected with the moon in all the imagery used throughout the book. And Kvothe follows Denna kind of in the same hopeless, yearning way that Jax follows the moon in his story. Because Denna's the moon. Well. Insert Nick's crackpot theory here. Yeah, but yeah, but even if she isn't literally the moon, she is metaphorically the moon. And what does it say about Kvothe that he is pursuing this, this goal, this obsession in this way? Nothing good. Well, but is it? What? If you are in love with someone and you will follow them to the ends of the earth and do anything for them, is that not of the Lothani? Okay, fair. But I, I suppose the difference being that Denna also likes Quoth back. Yeah, obviously. Sure. Whereas the moon, I don't think like Jax as much. <laughs> yeah, like obviously the, the valences of those stories are a little bit different. But here, here I'm going to put on my crackpot theory hat. What Uh-oh. if the calamity that that causes the world to suck is the result of Quoth following the Lothani by following the moon, by pursuing Denna, by, by being willing. Wait, but if he's following the Lothani, wouldn't, wouldn't it be, wouldn't the world not suck? Isn't the whole like, but what if it doesn't? What if, what if in attempting to do the right thing in it, in following what he believes to be right action to acting in accordance with his understanding of the Lathani, that is what makes the world go wrong. So would that make the Lathani wrong or would it make Foth wrong? I don't know. It's too philosophical. I can't handle it. <laughs> Listeners, you can chew on that piece of philosophy on tomorrow's page. Of the wind. wind.